Oh. Welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, the Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Now, before we get going, because we got a lot of stuff to cover here, um, I got vaccinated on Monday. Congratulations. Okay, so it went pretty well. You know, I had to take the uh, bus up to the mall, and uh, I was able to do that. Uh, I'm disabled, of course, so I, had, I was able to, uh, my power chair gets on the, the bus and everything. all have ramps on it and, uh, and everything like that. So it went pretty well, got there, went pretty smoothly. No problem. Uh, I got well, a, if you need any superpowers, let me know. I want to know ASAP. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm getting any. I'd really like my memory to be better. But anyway, uh, uh, so any, so anyway, so it's a good thing I got it when I did because they're starting to have supply problems and some of the clinics are closing uh, for now. Wow. Uh, so uh, I think I got in before real problems. Anyway, let's get on to uh, first. We'll start with last Friday's Bellator show, and I want to go through things fairly quickly. Uh, first of all, Liz Carmouche beat uh, Vanessa Porto. Uh, by unanimous decision, that was at flyweight, and and I guess the fight was as bad as I thought it would be. And I guess my question to you is: If you're Vanessa Porto and you've basically worked for smaller companies your whole career, the biggest being Invicta, and all of a sudden you're with Bellator, it doesn't matter whether it's Bellator or UFC, you're on TV, you're on Showtime. Shouldn't you want to make a better impression than that? Yeah, this is an example of what happens when you're a higher-level fighter fighting lower levels. You get used to be able to get by on a certain amount of activity, and then when you face comparable opposition, it doesn't work. And it's basically the same, same thing we said over uh, the prior weekend. Both girls are big, strong, physical fighters who tend to take their foot off the gas when uh, there's a threat across the cage from them. Basically, anybody could have won this fight. I can't even really say that Liz Carmouche definitely won this fight. You could have given it to Porto. But both of them dropped the ball on the biggest stage, and Porto gave up the chance after her biggest win of her career just because she wouldn't try hard enough. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's about what I expected. I, I was not surprised. Fighters always complain, but they have a chance to control the narrative when they're like, oh, you say I'm boring. Hey, you have control over that. You can win. You can be boring. You can show growth. All we're doing is commenting on what we see, and both fighters, unfortunately, lived up to their our expectations. Yeah. Uh, we also had at Featherweight, we had Tex uh, Ngano beat Olivia Parker. Uh, I think it was my submission, right? Not that it matters. Uh, it's about what we expected, I think. Yeah. I mean, she's facing an, a girl who's not athletic enough, not powerful enough, and not skilled enough or experienced enough to even be in the cage with her, to be quite honest. Um, it was a dominant win, much like her last one, and it's making her look like a, a, a juggernaut in the division. But she which really she, hasn't beaten any, which she's not. Yeah, she hasn't beaten any of the good people. They have a couple of good people in the division. She hasn't faced. She hasn't faced or beaten any of them. So I talking. get why she's she's We're calling for that cyborg fight, but it just rubbed me the wrong way because you haven't beaten any, anybody of note. We're going to discuss this a little further in a minute. Uh, the third fight also at uh, featherweight, uh, Talita Nogueira beat uh, uh, what's her name, Jessica Borga. Uh, and uh, I don't remember whether she knocked her out or whatever the hell she did. The point is, it was foregone. Another fight that I felt was a foregone conclusion. Is to leave us oh, alone. Oh yeah, 
Chalita had faced better opposition. She'd been on a bigger stage. That was a fight to help build her up and give her some momentum. And at least, and at least she took advantage of it. She did what she was supposed to do: get rid of, get the less talented, less experienced fighter out of there. Yeah. And finally, we had a newcomer from Russia, Diana Avsagar Avsaragova. <laughs> Probably butchered that. Beat. Uh, a uh, fighter named, uh, I think her name was Holly Kerr or something like that. 30-second knockout. And I'm not like a lot of people. Uh, it told me nothing about Diana, and uh, I'd like to see her against somebody better. One, one real quick question. At one point, didn't didn't uh, Bellator have, like, a couple female Russian fighters or, or Eastern European fighters? And, like, they no. just disappeared overnight. Are you sure? They, they both, if you're, if you're the ones I'm thinking of, they both sucked. I don't know if they still work with for Bellator. There's, there was two of them. There was, yeah, but they I, put a lot of money behind them. They were trying to advertise them, and then they just disappeared. Well, this is Rich Chow's mo, right? He looks at he he looks for fighters who are hot. Okay. Mm. Who are hot, and if they can fight, he's lucky. <laughs> you know, the two I know the two fighters you're talking about, but I don't remember their names. And they were both bad. And I don't know what the problem was with them, honestly. You know, I can't really tell you. Anyways, now they also announced at this show here that Chris Cyborg is going to defend against Leslie Smith. And, of course, they fought before, and, you know, we all know what happened, right? I don't see anything different there. Do you? Uh, not really. This The only reason this... This might change a little bit. Smith is a little bit more acclimated. Smith looks a little bit sharper, and she's probably more prepared. Or she's probably the best version of herself. And Cyborg has declined about a step, yeah. uh, maybe a half step, a full step. But the fact of the matter is, Leslie Smith, stylistically, this is a bad matchup for her. And physically, she's still facing a bigger, stronger, more durable, more skilled opponent. So the most, the best thing Leslie Smith could do is make it exciting on the way to catching a fairly one-sided beating. And if by some chance Leslie Smith upsets Cyborg, Cyborg needs to quit the sport. She has no right losing to someone of Leslie Smith's athleticism and skill level. No offense to Leslie Smith. Let's just call it straight. Yeah. Okay, tomorrow there's another Bellator show. And again, uh, this will be on Showtime in the U.S. and uh, in everywhere else in the world, it's going to be on YouTube. Uh, the first one is just a fight was at, at uh, Flyweight. It is... Uh, Vita Ortega, I probably butchered your name, against um, Jesus, what's her name? I just forgot it. Uh, hold on. Desiree. Hello, hmm. Desiree. Yeah, Desiree Inez is on a two-fight losing streak. Desiree Inez is a newcomer to um, Bellator. Eh, come on! I like the fact that Bellator is like trying to get these women's fight out here. I don't like the fact that these fights don't seem to be particularly well, good matches with people who seem to have any long-term potential moving forward. That's, that's the part I do not like about this. 
Okay. It's like they're just trying to fill. De- they're just trying to fill a quota almost. Desiree's from Texas. She de- she trains at a place called Blitz Sports. So she's a newcomer. She's five and two, and she's new to Bellator. So I don't know anything about her. I've never seen her. So uh, I don't know anything about her. Vita. I know isn't very good. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing that upsets me. They're giving all these women a chance, but there's so many good women out there. Why just throw in anybody? Why not bring in some legitimate people yeah. you can build? Well, I, it's like I told you, Rich Chow is looking for, for hot girls first. <laughs> that's his MO. Okay. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, the other fight, Julia Budd is returning. and She's going to fight uh, a fighter from Brazil, Diana Silva. And I looked at Diana's record and who she, who's beaten her and stuff like that. And she's a, she's a tomato can. You know, it, it, she's, it's so tough to find decent. Why don't, why don't they have her fight Sinead uh, Kavanaugh? <sighs> because. I mean, that'd be a better fight. Well, I that'd don't That'd be a know. better fight. I, I know, but you never know how things go. You can't really say. I mean, the poor, or who's that other girl, Janice, Janice something? Sorry? Who's that other fighter, Janice something? And she's in the featherweight division. I, I forgot her name. Know. She beat Kavanaugh. Does it really but there's, matter? There's, but there's better matches. Why not just give us a better yeah, matchup? Because they all stink, Juan. What difference does that's, it make? That's all well and good, but why not just give us the better matchup? That's all well, I'm asking. They aren't doing it here, that's for sure. Okay. No, not at all. They aren't doing it here. All right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the UFC. Uh, Norma Dumont missed weight for the second time in a row. And so uh, the commission, well, she's a featherweight. She shouldn't be fighting at, at, at bantamweight. Okay. Then why, ex- why accept the fight then? Ask the UFC. But anyway, the, the point is, is that Aaron Blanchfield, she, they've got a fight for her already that's scheduled. They're going to schedule her already. She still wanted to fight, but the commission wouldn't do it. So what we have, uh, the one fight we did get was Mackenzie Dern beating uh, Nina Nunez, as she wants to call herself now, uh, by an arm bar. And it went pretty much like I figured it would because uh, uh, it appears that uh, – McKenzie is making great progress with uh, her new coach, uh, Jason Perillo. Yeah, basically what, what happened, and it, it was my concern, was how quickly was Nunez going to readjust to being in the cage. And I feel like she didn't really readjust, and maybe she didn't really look at any of the fights that Dern had recently. Because Dern, while Dern is still a work in progress, she's shown, more, she's shown better balance. She's putting her shots together more. And even though she's still kind of a little wild and aggressive, she's not throwing herself out of position and throwing as wide of shots as she used to. The openings that would have been there for that front kick or that side kick or for Nunez to circle out off the cage weren't there because because Duren was putting her shots together, Nunez was on balance, and Nunez was essentially forcing her back into the cage. And Ansarov doesn't have the power nor the physical strength to keep somebody like a Mackenzie Duren off her. And if you can't do that, and you're going to be strictly on the defensive, then you're going to end up on the ground, which is what Dern wanted, and then you're going to end up submitted. Um, it highlighted the durability and the physicality of Dern, and it also, if you if you pay close attention, it showed the improvements in her balance, her footwork, and her the, the delivery of her strikes. I still feel like there's vulnerability there, but she's much better than she was even six months ago, eight months ago. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it confirmed what I thought, and that's that Nina should not have been ranked. I would have preferred to see her come back against somebody 
um, lesser so she could work herself up to that because she's coming off of a two-year layoff. And I just... Hey, they're trying to help you, trying to help your girl out, though. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not buying it, okay? <clears throat> like I said, if UFC wants fans to take their rankings seriously, they can't do stuff like that. Okay. Nope, they can't. Okay. But they're going to anyway. Well, they're going to anyway, so I don't bother with rankings too much. All right. Now, um, uh, first, the one thing I wanted to mention, that McKenzie sure has a lot of little tricks when she gets on the ground, huh? Yeah. I mean, she's very slick. But, I mean, we've always known that. She's light years ahead of anybody on the ground. It's just she's been unable to consistently get people to the ground with any, with any sort, sort of efficiency, which is kind of hindered. Her ability to show her jujitsu. I believe she's setting up. Her, I, I believe it's more. Yeah, now that she's got a good coach. Yeah, now that she's got a better coach. Now that she's more. De- I mean, she looks skinnier. She looks like she's in better shape. She looks a half step faster. And I think a lot of that is due to her own preparation and her own drive. Now she's always had the physical ability. She's always had the aggression in the cage. She just never prepared it well enough outside the cage yeah. to have it translate. Yeah. Now she is. Now she. Now she's got a guy who will make who has the potential to make her a champ. Okay, a couple of things on this. First of all, Mackenzie broke her thumb. Okay, so she's I don't know what she's going to have to do. She might I you know, she might just need rest or she might need surgery, but she is suspended for 6 months with a broken thumb. So she has to uh, get cleared in that respect. And as far as the next opponent is concerned, well, <laughs> we've got uh Carla Sparza versus Yan Chonan coming up. The winner of that fight might be a good opponent for her. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I can't really think of who I'd like to see her again, but right now, I mean, she still hasn't faced a, a quality person per se. Maybe if Angela Hill wins her next fight, she could face Angela. Yeah, just a second here. Okay. All right, let's go on to Saturday's show. Okay. So um are you ready? Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. Just a sec here. I'm almost ready. I hit the wrong thing there. God damn it. Wake up. I'm just having to the best of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the uh, show up here. Okay, so okay, so we got a couple of fights on here. First one is uh, Tracy Cortez versus Justine Kish at um, Flyweight, and uh, I see Tracy winning this fight. Justine is what is she on a two or three fight losing streak or something like that? So, yes, so I see uh, Tracy uh, winning this fight fairly handily. I think she's a much better fighter than Justin. Yeah, the right now it's basically uh, a prospect fight. She's moving up. You're going to see how she handles it when she faces a bigger, stronger guy, opponent who can who can match her physically to a certain degree and who can match her in her pacing to a certain degree. Most of the girls she's faced, she's had a physical advantage of. That's why she she hasn't really been punished on the feet. Because Cortez is an aggressive, willing striker with some fairly sharp strikes, but she gets a lot of wa- little wide. She gets a little bit over her hips. She kind of walks into counters a little bit. 
Kish has the skill set and the athleticism to punish that. But in the same instance, Kish is so inconsistent from round to round or from minute to minute and defensively unaware that it should be something that Tracy Cortez can manage and eventually get to clinches, get to tie-ups, get to takedown, and then either get a submission or win over the, win a decision over three rounds. Yeah, it, but it's definitely a fight. If, 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 Tra- if Tracy wins this fight, she goes up into the rankings pretty significantly, I think. Yeah, I, I think they just want to see where her development is. You've already seen she's got some skills. You've seen some growth. But we still see her having a huge physical advantage. So now when that gets taken away, have you been doing the work to fill those other gaps? If Even if she hasn't, she should still eke a win out over Justin Keish. But if she has really worked on it, she should win fairly dominantly after maybe a few rough spots. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. The second fight at strawweight. Are you ready? Jessica yes. Penne versus Lupita Godinez. Now, Jessica was supposed to fight, fight Hannah Goldie a few weeks ago, and Hannah tested positive for COVID-19, and then she pulled out of this. We all know who Jessica is, and I don't even know why she's still fighting. Um, she's just come off of, of like a two-year drug suspension. Lupita is the current LFA strawweight champ. She is originally from Mexico, born in Mexico, but she lives in Vancouver. Uh, and she uh, trains at uh, Titan MMA in uh, Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada. So uh, I watched her last fight where she beat uh, Vanessa Demopoulos on uh, an LFA show a few months ago. And she's an aggressive striker. I mean, that's her main thing. Okay. Oh, by the way, her sisters are aspiring Olympic wrestlers, so she trains with them all the time, too. Okay, oh, so uh, I, I I see her uh, knocking out Jessica Penning. I think so too, but not so much just because she's a she's such a dynamic striker and she's such a big powerful striker. The fact of the matter is Jessica Penning. Jessica Penning's always been a fairly good skill set fighter, but the thing about Jessica Penning is she's been really fragile and she kind of lacks a little bit of physicality. I can't really remember a fight where she hasn't gotten bullied to a certain extent. I mean, she even had problems holding and, and fighting for position against Michelle Waterston. Um, she's never taken the best shot. She's never take, taken a high volume of shots very well. And even though she's much more experienced, faced better opposition than um, Godina, the fact of the matter is Godina's got a very got a fundamental but sharp striking approach. Even though she's a little mechanical, she still throws the right combinations, attacks three levels, attacks the body, has a heavy jab, and can put her shots together in spot. And she's just much more durable and hits so much harder. For Panay to win this fight, I'd a- actually have to have seen proof that her chin has improved. Because even if defensively she's sharper, once you put one or two shots on her, her whole temperament changes. And if that's still the case, there's no way, way she can force the fight to the ground. There's no way she can survive on the feet. So having not seen her in three or four years, I have no idea what to expect. But if she's the same fighter she was three or four years ago and she's lost a step since then, this, this fight shouldn't shouldn't go too far. Yeah, I like what I saw from uh, Lupita in that uh, LFA fight. And by the way, if, uh, if you want to watch it, it's on LFA 94, and you can watch it on UFC Fight Pass if you're a subscriber, of course. Okay? Now, the third fight is at uh, Bantamweight. It is Zara Fairn versus Josian Nunez. And Zara is, uh, we've seen her before, she's not a bantamweight, she's a uh, featherweight. And she's gone 0-2 in the UFC. She's looked awful. And uh, so she's, I don't think she's very good. 
repertoire. Senior addicted to, she's pretty bad. Josiane is a newcomer to UFC. I think she's been signed for quite a while. Uh, her record is 7-1. and one. She's from uh, Curitiba, uh, Brazil, which we all know what a big fight center that is. And uh, I watched, uh, I don't know if you watched any of her fights, but I did. And uh, she's a striker. And she hits pretty hard. So I see her winning this fight. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to, seems like they have a lot of faith in her. And they, they really want, want to give her a platform. And against a person who's on a losing streak, who hasn't looked very athletic, hasn't looked very durable, and hasn't really been it, shown an ability to impose their will or to impose a pace. This seems like the best bet for a person who is a good to maybe pretty good striker with good to maybe pretty good power. So I'd probably lean on your side of this, and they're trying to hope that they can get her a couple wins, get some momentum, and maybe um, reinvigorate this Bantamweight division because it's starting to get pretty long in the tooth now. Okay. Now, uh, just wanted to mention this show will be on ESPN Plus and also TSN. So uh, check it out where it is. Okay, we got – Three other items that we want to talk about here. The first one is these comments that Roseanne Hunas made two days ago regarding uh, communism and better red than dead, better dead than red, or whatever the heck that was. Uh, what the hell is she talking about, Sean? Or does it matter? Um, I, I don't know. I don't really like to get into those kind of things. And I'm not, Rose, I'm not saying she's, I don't think she's stupid. I don't think she's incompetent. I don't know that she has the, maybe the bandwidth to um, perform, to perform, perform or have these kind of conversations. And it's a sensitive one as it stands with the Asian people who have been attacked. Now she's maybe putting some rhetoric in a way that could be taken to, to have violence against them. And um, I, like I said, I just don't know that she knows enough about things specifically to speak on this. I just thought these comments were really okay. I mean, I don't know if I thought she was smarter than that, but I didn't think she was that dumb. Okay, and I don't know. Uh, one of the things Dan Tom mentioned something. Uh, we both know him. He mentioned something that this show is going to be in Florida. I mean, is Jane Rayleigh going to get booed in Florida because of this nonsense? Um, I mean, given the UFC's fan base, possible. Man. Anyways, now I'm really hoping that Jay likes it. <laughs> okay. A couple other things we got to talk about. First of all, yesterday, it was announced that uh, Triller, I guess they're called Triller Entertainment, has bought the online service, streaming service, Fight TV. Okay? And so... Um, uh, Triller is a company owned by a uh, former uh, film uh, mogul, a movie mogul, uh, Ryan Kavanaugh. He used to have a company called Relativity Media. And so they went out of business. And so now he's gotten into this company and now got really heavy into the fight business because what he was doing is he was promoting that boxing match, uh, Paul versus Astrid. And now he's bought Fight TV. Uh, according to the current CEO of Fight TV, things are going to remain the same. Okay? So, uh, I think it's a very good acquisition, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, anything that's going to get the uh, get on a better platform and maybe 
get better funding so that you can see the fighters develop appropriately instead of just filling out cards with fighters and just putting on fights for the the heck of it. There needs to be some kind of purpose, direction, and structure for the for the uh, for the fighters in there, and more importantly for the organization. It can't just be we build a fighter up and then they disappear. They need some people who are willing to stay and not just use them as a platform to get to a Bellator or a UFC. Well, we don't know exactly what Triller is going to do in the future. Fight TV already has a very strong lineup of both uh, MMA and pro wrestling, along with music occasionally, okay, like concerts. So uh, as they leave them alone, they'll be fine because they do appreciate already. Yeah. All right. The other one, which is a much bigger deal for us here, is that uh, Invicta has been purchased by Anthem Entertainment. Okay? So let me explain first who Anthem Entertainment is, because I don't know if you know who they are. Uh, some of the listeners might not know. So Anthem Entertainment is a Canadian company. They're based in Toronto. Uh, they are owned by the uh, Asper family, who used to own the Global Television Network. So when they uh, sold Global to uh, Shaw Cable, who is now currently being swallowed by Rogers, when they sold the company, they started the Fight Network. And what they discovered is they were having difficulty. And then what they later later on, what they did is they bought Impact Wrestling from the um, uh, from the Carter family. Okay, and the problem that Impact Wrestling had was getting a TV deal. So buying them didn't make it any easier. So what they did is they bought Access TV from Mark Cuban. All right. And so Cuban is still on the board of Access TV. And so is uh, Harvey. Right. And I think Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan uh, what the hell is his name? The guy used to be on American Idol. Uh, he hit to so, Seacrest? Yeah, Ryan Seacrest is on the board too. So they own the they own that company now. They own it mostly so they that so that Impact Wrestling has a consistent TV time slot, right? So because they got rid of pretty much all the other fun stuff that was on there, NFL Wrestling on there, LFA was on there, all kinds of stuff like that. So now they bought Invicta, and the first Invicta show is going to be I think it said May twenty first. Okay, and um, uh, they announced the main event. I don't really care at the moment. Um, so, I, I listen, I find this ironic, uh, for one thing, because in the early days of Invicta, they were offered a TV deal by, um, by Access TV, okay? And uh, Shannon Knapp's partner poo-pooed it. She didn't want to do it. It wasn't big enough. If they want to be, she wants to be on Showtime, so nonsense like that. So there's that. And the other funny thing about it is I kind of wonder how long, like, Shannon still works there. Like, she's still going to be working there. But they also have a couple of um, um, former UFC uh, executives working there, meaning uh, Jamie Pollock and Aunt Evans are working at Anthem. So it makes me wonder how long she's going to last. Because now she's got people above her who can question her decisions, especially regarding matchmaking. Okay. Well, that's the thing. If she's willing to take a step back, she'll probably be able to stay in long. 
if she's going to start pushing back and forth and challenging things and demanding that, you know, this is my show. I, I, I determined this, I built this, then she's most likely going, going to receive some pushback and might get pressure to be pushed out. So the only question, I think, I think think she's taking it as far as she can go individually. So here's my only question about this. I don't have a big problem with it. Now I'm going to just mention, first of all, that Victor will be on access TV in the U S in Canada, it will be on the Fight Network. We don't get access up here, access TV uh, up here, but we do get the Fight Network. And uh, one of the problems that that Anthem has had is in uh, getting the Fight Okay, it cut off there, right? But we were finished. We were cut off, but we were finished anyways. Just wanted to mention that if you have any uh, questions or comments for my blog or my either my podcast, you can leave them Anchor's voicemail. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have enjoyed the fights. We'll talk to you later.